This episode is available ad-free for Peakery Tribe members. Go to peacefulcreativity.com slash join the tribe, subscribe for free and get the ad-free version. Well, hello everybody. My name is Arno. I'm a coach in creativity and peace of mind and welcome to the Peaceful Creativity Podcast. My guest for this episode is Ella Baker. Ella is a power lifter, a rock drummer and a great, great soul. In this very personal episode, we talk about her journey from substance abuse and depression to setting a world record, becoming European champion, and more importantly, finding happiness. We also talk about veganism, minimalism, dogs, and how to move forward despite fear and self-doubt. I want to thank Ella personally for her great insights and contribution because there are definitely time where I doubt myself and what I'm doing with peaceful creativity and I remember that she had the same kind of doubt and I move forward anyway and that's thanks to you Ella so thanks a lot. Before the interview here's a word of housekeeping and a sponsored message. And now dear listeners please enjoy my conversation with Ella Baker. Welcome to the Peaceful Creativity Podcast. I'm here today with uh, Ella Baker. Hi. <laughs> Ella is a good friend of mine and uh, she's also a European champion. I thought she was a world champion and she corrected me that is European, but you did set a world record. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so in my heart, you are a world champion. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this podcast, I, I like to interview people who inspire me in the areas of peacefulness or creativity or change. And since I know you, we've known each other for maybe seven, eight years now, mm -hmm. you've made a lot of changes in your life um, to the point that I think it's no overstatement to say that you recreated your life completely. Um, so maybe before we go into the various topics that um, that uh, I prepared and I want to talk about with you, can you tell us about uh, your journey and your changes? Where, what was your life before? What it is now? Okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, you know, when you messaged me, I was like, oh wow, this is like a dream come true kind of uh, thing for me. So thank you again. Um, I think if we go into to the detail of my journey, maybe it's best to start, as you said, like from where I was before. And um, to be honest, I uh, from already younger age or like teenage uh, years, I would say I I was never really happy. I think I often found myself in a quite dark place. Um, even I would say uh, depression, anxiety, uh, really, yeah, let's say in a dark place where you don't want to be in. And um, I think this also uh, led, unfortunately, through um, I wouldn't, I would don't want to say bad behavior, but uh, in a sense to, for example, substances abuse, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I think many people can relate if you say that you had a hard day or you're not feeling good, um, it's quite easy like 
let's have a drink for example yeah. you know yeah. and i think uh, this is something uh, a path i i went down uh unfortunately for quite some time that uh, alcohol or uh, other substances kind of made me feel better mm. and like improve my mood or even make me feel better about myself and uh, I mean, you can think of that it may lead really to chaos, yeah. you know, if you are, especially if you are unwell. Mm. I think, um, yeah, alcohol is not the answer to your problems, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, it really, you know, yeah. I think it makes things rather worse. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think back then, uh, when I was uh, younger, I mean, we knew really talking about like 10 years ago or so, um, I didn't really work on myself, you know. I just was like, yeah, I'm, I don't like myself, I don't feel good. But I also, I didn't really think of doing anything about it. Mm. So I always chose kind of the easy way out, let's say. Yeah. Um about what you were saying earlier with the substance abuse and the alcohol, I think that's a very perverse trap in our society because it's so cool to drink, you know? Yeah. When you don't drink, I mean, now you don't drink at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you know very well that if you say that you don't drink, people who are not used to, they ask you, you know, why are you sick? Are you pregnant? So yeah, are you yeah, usually <laughs> it's one of these. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's really also when you meet people for the first time in general, for me, it's, uh, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, I kind of had a had a problem with alcohol mm. uh, a few years ago. And of course, it's not something I would uh, yeah, start yeah. Uh, or like I wouldn't answer this question like this for you. Of course, like I'm I don't mind to be to be open about it. And uh, that's definitely one thing I have learned over the last few years to not feel ashamed about these things yeah. because even if it was uh, a weakness to that time and it was maybe a bad choice for me now I see it more uh, as a strength or something I was able to change and I don't feel embarrassed about it anymore it's the opposite I kind of feel proud that I can say yes there were some issues and I was in a dark place and I did choose the wrong way how to deal with it yeah. but um i'm i'm really proud that i managed to you know find my way to the good place yeah <laughs> you, you have a lot to be proud of we're going to go into the details of what you, you achieved <laughs> over the years but the list is impressive but i think this is important that people talk about that talk about their dark times because we all have them and if, yeah. you, if you believe just Instagram and, and Facebook, nobody is having that. Everybody is always on a sunny beach, you <laughs> know, or always successful. Yeah. But it's not like that in real life. So it's important for people to be vulnerable and share their story. And that's, that's also one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because your story is really inspiring and, and motivating Thank for you. a lot of people. <laughs> so tell us what happened next. So you were, you were with the substance abuse, trying mm. to find happiness where it's not. And yeah, what exactly, happened then? exactly. I would say this was really going on for like over a decade. I would say from maybe age of 17, 18, up to uh, late 20s or even early 30s. Um, and I'm not saying I didn't do, I didn't develop at all during that time, but um, I think I done very little 
work on myself. I felt unhappy, but I was not really willing to put any work into it to change something about it um, until um, it was nearly three years ago when I finally um, realized I really have to change something because I think I reached like uh, the end of line something okay this is going to be it like your life is going to finish uh, or you're like going to be unhappy or you really have to do something yeah. about it um, and, and was there like a particular event at that moment or it was just an overall feeling of I've, I've reached the end of the line I think I <coughs> I did feel so low um, to times that I thought there was no sense anymore to continue my life. So no particular event happened, but I was really, I was fed up really with myself. And I said, okay, um, I have to change something or that's going to be it. Yeah. And I knew that alcohol um, or maybe even drugs was one big part of it, which I have to uh, get away from in order in order to be able to change. Even though it was uh, quitting alcohol was actually not the first thing uh, I changed. The first thing was I quit smoking. Yeah, I, re <laughs> I remember that. I remember. Yeah, yeah, it was I was 16 years smoker. I really, yeah, kind of grew up with cigarettes, unfortunately, uh, very bad habit. And for me, I always, I just saw myself as a smoker. It's like it was completely, it was the big part of my life. Yeah. And, uh, but this was also one day I felt like I'm so tired of it. <laughs> and I literally, I, I quit more or less from one day to the other. Yeah, but uh, I, I remember that you, you found a book, I think. I found a book, who, yes. Who, who, uh, and the, the effect was enormous and immediate and from yeah like yeah. you said i read the book like really quickly and i got really into it and i thought wow every word he is writing there is so true about smoking that there is no good thing about it so i stopped and i think this was something it triggered in me something okay if i can quit smoking after 16 years which i thought I never really had thought about it before, to yeah. be completely honest. Um, what else can I do? Yeah. Uh, before we go on, mm -hmm. uh, do, you do, do you remember the name of the book? It the was, it's from Ellen Carr and it's um, in English, it's called The Easy Way. Okay. okay. I think, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes, but if, the, if there is someone who's trying to quit smoking and who needs a way, uh, yeah. I think it's a resource that could be useful. Definitely. Yeah. He has even seminars, but I think they're very expensive because then like you have a two hour seminar and you are non-smoker afterwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> he pro I think, yeah, that's like what they promise. And the same with the book. I mean, if you are a fast reader, you can finish it within a few yeah, days. Yeah. So, yeah, recommendable uh -huh. for sure. Thank you. Um, so, so, yeah, you stop these habits that you had of smoking and it gives you, it puts you on a positive, like upward spiral and you're like, okay, if I'm able to stop that or to change my behavior this way, what else can I change? Exactly. Yeah. So it took me only um, two months afterwards. I uh, quit drinking alcohol. Uh, there was an event what happened before. It was the, the partner I had to the time his father had six years birthday. And well, I got completely uh, drunk. <laughs> okay. um, it was just not, 
and you know it was just not a nice thing to do there was the whole family there I, I mean I didn't really act out of order but to be honest with you I could not tell you anything what happened on that evening mm -hmm. and it's quite a big shame because it was a big event you know so um, even though people may have not realized me being drunk it was unfortunately I was quite far in this stage that I would yeah have complete blackouts and things and I said to myself that it has to be the last time that this happens and if I'm completely honest I mean this was in 2016 in that year I tried already five times before to quit drinking yeah but then again like the the, the context is pushing you to drink all the time you and I were working together at the time and I remember like there were all the parties and like yeah, let's go for a drink after work mm. and the continues you know I always found a reason, though, to be honest, yeah. because I did have quite a lot of friends, <coughs> um, also people who like to go out. So I would always find somebody to go out drinking with or I was playing in a in a grunge band or a garage rock band to that time. So it was completely kind of a standard to play music twice a week and to drink during rehearsal, yeah. to drink during concerts and um yeah, I always, I think, found some reasons. But if I'm honest uh, with you, that um, alcohol, I was even drinking when I was alone. Yeah. So it was not just okay. in company. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I was like cooking something and having a glass of wine here and there. But if you look at it, if you take it over a few years um, of nearly every day consuming alcohol, um, also knowing that it would make me feel better, mm. Uh, gives you, I think in, in German we have a word for this, it's a, it's a level drinker. It's somebody who drinks a certain amount to be on a certain level emotionally. To be okay, drinking yeah. to be back And to you okay. function yeah. perfectly. And I think this was me for quite some time. Oh. Mm. So people actually won't notice yeah. because you are not drunk or you know, you're not like continu like all the time drinking. Yeah. But yeah. And I didn't notice at all that you mm. are this kind of problem. Yeah. I, I did, yeah. unfortunately, but... No, it's good that you noticed because you well, could change yeah. it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew very well, I think, what I got myself into because I do have, uh, in the family, we have, we had similar mm. problems, you know, before. So I kind of grew up with this problem and, you know, we say that the apple doesn't fall so much so far from the tree, right? Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, you didn't give up and you <laughs> actually managed to quit uh, drinking completely. Yes, it's nearly three years. So next month is going to be three years. Wow. Not a glass. Not, not a glass. Nothing. nothing no. wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm very proud. Yeah. And yeah, that's congratulations. Thank you. And but your journey didn't stop there, right? Because no, I just started. <laughs> yeah, it just started. Exactly. Because yeah. that, that's like it's like removing bad habits mm -hmm. and but you didn't stop there then you you started adding some what I, what i would consider like positive habits and you pushed it quite quite to a i don't want to say extreme level because <laughs> extreme sounds negative but to a advanced <laughs> to an advanced level yeah yeah, yeah I absolutely i mean for me i really just uh, had to find uh, i didn't know what to do with myself you know you know you quit and then say okay i have to uh, occupy myself uh, somehow that um, 
yeah, I'm not just ending up being miserable because I quit drinking. Because to be honest with you, the first year or let's say the first six months were m quite mentally quite challenging for me because all of a sudden you kind of, um, after so many years, you kind of just left alone with yourself and with your negative emotions. And before you would say, okay, or I would have said, yeah, okay, let's just have a drink and get yeah. over it. And now this option wasn't there anymore. So of course there was a lot of emotional roller coasters of me just being angry with myself. And I, I knew that I have to find something to try to balance myself out, like physically and emotionally make myself a bit tired, you yeah. know? And well, what's the easiest solution? I guess it's sport, mm. right? I mean, it's the, uh, everyone can do it. You know, you don't need a, a special skill for it. And uh, so I started to, to go to the gym more regularly. And uh, I realized really quickly that I enjoy it because you can see, um, success you know quite or good results fairly quickly if you go regularly but um, I remember I felt a bit um, not angry but I could see I was working out so hard but like my body was physically not changing the way I wanted it to yeah. so the next step was for me to be more conscious about food and yeah. diet in yeah. general um, I think the two of us, we have shared quite some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, journey with food and I, I really enjoyed, you know, our talks about uh, when we had lunch and what we tried, like the low carb phase we had and like generally things, um, you were always open for this mm. um, and I liked it. I liked it to experiment and to see how does the body respond to uh, certain types of food or maybe some intermittent fasting and all these sort of things. And you were always the person to yeah. discuss this with. I, I really enjoyed that. And um, with the food, yeah, some people, as you said before, may call it extreme, but I took it to a level um, that I started um, to really consciously think about food yeah. also in the sense of uh, where does it come from? Yeah. yeah. So where uh, is the, the, the beef I just had or, you know, the meat I just, just ate, where did it come from? Which eventually um, made me very curious about uh, veganism. So, and this is a whole topic for me. I spent uh, a lot of time educating myself about veganism, recipes in general. So, all of a sudden I was not physically, not only physically active, but also mentally, you know, that I gave myself a task, what to do with myself when I'm not working, for example, yeah. and instead of hanging out with the people in the pub. So I did actually spend a hell of a lot of time in the gym or uh, on the internet just to check out recipes, yeah. read some blogs and you know how it is when you start to be interested in a topic, yeah. all of a sudden it comes from everywhere. <laughs> so veganism, vegans were everywhere, yeah. you know. But what, what I liked um, about um, your approach to veganism is that you didn't went into extremism in the, in the 
meaning that you are not preaching it to everyone you know you, you are not putting it in the face of of everyone uh, of everyone you gotta be vegan you gotta be vegan you are not <laughs> like that you know you you were not even bringing it in the conversation unless you know asked I really tried. Yeah. Yes, I really tried. I think there might be a few <coughs> people <laughs> who may disagree with you and who I did <laughs> um, offend maybe a little bit. Um, well, I but it's true that I have really tried of not making it, um, yeah, this thing what people maybe dislike about some vegans or about the some like the vegan community. What people relate to it is like, yeah, they try to make you vegan and tell you that meat is murder and this kind of yeah. things. Of course, um, to be honest, I may think <laughs> a little bit this way yeah. now because I've been vegan now for two years. I have changed my mind a little bit um, and I do also participate on um, like uh, certain animal rights uh, events and these kind of things. But still, I do try to respect everybody's decision of what they, what lifestyle they have, what they eat and how they live. It's not, it's not my task to tell somebody if it's good or bad, what yeah. they are doing. Yeah. The only thing I can do is if somebody has questions or is seriously interested, I'm super happy and I get really hyped when people tell me, by the way, I'm trying vegan now for a week. And I find it super cute. People always tell me. Yeah. People call me up or they send me messages. I have one guy I'm, I'm training with in the gym and he also competed with me. He now is went vegan. And also when he told me, for me, it was like, the best news yeah. you know so um yeah so i'm very happy if this happens but i'm not trying to convert Converts, anyone exactly yeah. yeah and that's that's i think not only it's nice of you but i think that's also the best strategy because people resist what you push them toward you know if i if i come at you and i tell you no you need to you know you need to become a, i don't know you need to become a buddhist do it now do it now mm. you, you you won't even though you, if Maybe if you would have discovered it by yourself, you would have, you know, got into it by yourself. But if I come here and push you toward that direction, that's, I'm pretty sure it will have the uh, opposite effect. Yeah, absolutely. And as of veganism, I'm, uh, th that inspires me as well, because I'm, I'm, I tried to, you know, go into veganism at some point, and I had to, I had to stop because of dairy. Okay. It was too too difficult for me to to get rid of dairy, and um, I uh, the thing is that I'm really against animal cruelty, mm -hmm. and I know that it goes through through you know, dairy as well. It's not just killing the animals; it's the the condition it, in which they are uh, being brought to life, and then the the, the time that they are spending on herds that it's unpleasant for them and. Yeah. That's um, I haven't completely implemented it, but you're kind of floating in my mind like one <laughs> day, you know, and it's not yeah. it's not completely hypothetical. I do small steps, you know, I stop eating, you know, uh, I stop eating beef, for example, or, okay. you know, and I try to limit the things that I eat, but I'm not there yet. But I'm telling you this because it's great that you're there and that you, you did it and that, again, you're not pushing people, but you say, hey, it's working for me. If you have questions, I'm here, but then find your own path. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I must add to this. I mean, there have been just a very few people um, which, were very, which are very close to me 
um, now my girlfriend, for example, I must admit in the beginning, I did try pushing her a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I had um, I had to make the experience of her pushing back and against it in order also to learn from me, okay, this is not the way. And I think I only did it because I was like, this is so awesome for me. So it's going to be so awesome for her also, yes. you know. So yes. I wanted kind of this togetherness even, you know, to be even stronger. Because actually what happened, um, my best friend, she went, uh, went vegan because of me. It's actually now exactly one year ago. Okay. I think 4th of October it was, yeah, so like in two days. And um, I didn't have the intention for her to become a vegan. It was just coincidence. I visited her. She was in a bit bad place regarding, um, let's say, with food in general. I think the relationship she had with food was quite bad. And I just visited her for a whole week and I just cooked for her. And it was all I did. And she just, you know, here and there, and she said, oh, this is great. And somehow she also got so uh, hyped about it and so interested that she, she couldn't stop reading yeah. and uh, watching documentaries and all that kind of things. There's a lot of material out there. And she just, yeah, she just became vegan. It was not really a plan, you know. And I think this is exactly um, how it can go, you know, when people are open to change or maybe they're really kind of looking for something new or yes. you know uh, it's it's not and it's not as hard as it may seem even though I do understand your struggles mm. you know you have um, but exactly coming from this point um, the most common response I get when I say that I'm vegan or when it comes up somehow in some conversation People say, oh, wow, but I could never do that. And this triggered something in me that I was like, wow. So that means I have kind of, well, I used to call them vegan superpowers because. <laughs> like, in like in Scott Pilgrim. Yes, you exactly. Can fly. Okay. You know, so it's like, wow, so you're vegan. <laughs> so that means you can do anything. If everyone yeah. tells you, oh, that, oh, I could never do that. Yeah. That means you, or for me, it meant at that time so that I did something other people couldn't do which just opened so many other doors for me because um i saw it from the from the view that means i can do a lot of other things yeah. maybe other people don't yeah. do you know um is, of it, course is it what pushed you toward powerlifting for sure yeah for sure i mean i when i was going to the gym i did have the kind of i somehow wanted to prove myself i think more to myself than to others but I was, um, I knew I wanted to do more than just go to the gym. So um, I think I decided, I think maybe it was last year, maybe a year and a half ago, I already knew I definitely wanted to compete, but I wasn't 100% sure in what sport. I just wanted to lift weights, but yeah. I couldn't really <laughs> tell you what can I do with that, yeah. you know. So um, until I met uh, like a, a gym buddy I had um, and through him I found my current coach which I'm training with for it's a bit less than a year now like in January we started training together and he prepared me like for my first two competitions I had this year um, and I think he uh, actually he's also trying to transition to vegan diet your or coach yes yeah, yeah. he is uh, well it has different reason reasons for him it's more like the Christian background it's kind of the I believe I'm I'm not a believer but I believe that in the Bible it there's a lot of uh 
vegan stuff? <laughs> kind of, <laughs> the, yeah. The, the Bible like, is vegan, really? Well, I, it's just, I can just tell you what he told me, that, that we are not supposed to eat meat, so it's maybe more about being a vegetarian. But mm. um, generally, I'm, I'm very happy that my coach has the same approach or that he feels like he feels a bit guilty when eating meat. And it's not about feeling bad or guilty about it, but I think it's... Thinking about it. Yes, yeah. being more conscious. Yeah. I'm not saying people are bad because they eat meat, no. But I think what is bad in our in society overall that we don't think about it. Mm. Not just about consuming meat. It can be consuming anything we have. If it's clothing, I mean, this is another topic we, yeah. we will possibly get into later. But um, I really like when people consciously think about what they do. Yeah which includes obviously eating because we have to do it every day. And don't you feel like there is a, or, or what's the trend for you? Do you think like it's getting worse or, or, or better? Like the, the consumerism and the not being conscious toward what we consume, whether it's clothes or electronics or meat or, or plastic bags or whatever. Where do you see it, it going? It's a hard question, to be honest, because sometimes I have days where I'm very optimistic and I see, wow, there's so much positive change. There's so many alternatives and no matter what industry we, we are looking at. So I do see, see positive changes. But then on the other hand, um, I think it's still a very, very small part. So, But if you ask if it's getting better or worse, I do think it's getting better. Mm. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, we would need to look at some stats and some data, obviously, but... For example, I know that the two biggest um, um, supply delivery, no, not supply, like food delivery, mm -hmm. like uh, uh, Rolik and Koshik CZ, I know that they plan to completely stop delivering uh, products from chicken in cage. Okay. I know there, that there are some laws wh which are going, which are being prepared in Europe, and I know that they are, they want to do it. I don't know this year or next year. And that then all the other uh, like um, supermarkets chains here in the Czech Republic, they, they said that they wanted to follow until the year, I don't know, 2025 or something like that. Okay. So, and, and, and okay, that's anecdotic, right? I, uh, once again, I didn't look at the data, but I see some things like that from time to time and it gives me the feeling that it's going in the right direction. Yeah, know? yeah, mm. definitely. No, I agree. And I think it's, um, well, mainly it's about demand, right? Yes. So if people actually don't want certain things anymore, if there's no more demand, there will be no more production of yes. it. So and this is with whatever there might be. So yeah. I think I do feel that when I have conversations with people, uh, it is also about they would like to know, okay, where did the meat come from? And they do start to think about it more. And I think this is all all it takes, you know, that it has some spark in the in the people's minds or heads, you know, just to think about it yeah. and to think, okay, I'm not going to buy this chicken from the supermarket anymore because, you know, that they don't like it or they don't know where it's where it's coming from. Yeah. So that's how it starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, good. So. Tell us more about the, the powerlifting thing. Okay. Please. Yeah. Uh, with pleasure. It's really, for me, um, it's absolutely my sport, I must say. I didn't think um, that I would be like 
feeling so great about it, to be honest. When I started, I was felt a bit insecure um, when I met my trainer for the first time because he's like really big guy, you know, and he has been powerlifting for a really long time. I mean, he's not competing anymore, but he is uh, like just coaching. Yeah. And uh, when so I met him and uh, it was in January and in the first training, he said, OK, so we're going to start um, preparation for competition in the beginning of May. So he brought the competition idea. Well, I told him when I contacted him, I contacted him via email and I said, look, I'm not sure if powerlifting is what I want to do, but I knew he was a powerlifting coach. And I said, yeah. but I know I would like to compete and maybe we could give it a try. And he said, sure, uh, you know, I can get you ready. Uh, Czech national championship beginning of May. So it was <laughs> like, what, five months uh, or yeah. so. Yeah, not even. So uh, and I was a bit uh, overwhelmed in the beginning. And, you know, I do have this still something I'm I'm working on. I have a lot of self-doubt. Like when somebody tells me something, hey, let's do this. And then I like the idea and I think it's great. But then there's something that tells me, hmm, I'm not really sure if I can do this, yeah. you know. So I, I doubt myself. But, you know, going back to all the things I quit and all the things I changed, I said, okay, I'm just going to do it. Yes. And I'm going to do it like this, that I will simply do what he tells me. So that means I will train as hard as he tells me to train. I will sleep as much as he tells me and I will eat what he tells me. Yeah. Well, as long as it's vegan, but <laughs> you know, I mean, from like, I he gave me mean, a meal yeah. plan. Uh, the first months we, we done some sort of a detox uh, program. Yeah, so you were I, eating nothing. Like oh, well, that. I was eating like super, super clean, just smoothies and a lot of kale yeah. and uh, legumes, so beans and, and things and potatoes. But yeah, it was um, really repetitive, but it was just like something he said he likes to start off with everyone completely clean. Okay. So no alcohol, obviously. I mean, I didn't drink, yeah, but yeah. also this applies to anyone who would want to train with him. And the detox is also just to clean the system a bit, to lose some weight, and then you start from fresh. Yeah, and so maybe maybe we can put his contact in the show notes as well. Or of course, is, is, yeah. is he still looking for? Um, I think he has quite a lot of clients, okay. but um, I mean, I'm maybe here and there he might have a spot for somebody. Okay. So sure, yeah, okay, I'm, we'll I'm happy. I'm happy okay. to do that. Okay, cool. Um, so after we did the detox, so starting from February, we. Um, I had like a meal plan he he gave like he um, made for me and well it was vegan obviously but certain amount of portions and I really was not sh not at all um, used to doing to do meal prep yeah so this was but something you used to be a cook right oh you well, used I to do cook quite a, quite a lot cook a lot yes yeah. I do love cooking it's definitely one of uh, my my passions so it was something really new for me to maybe cook once twice a week and then cook a lot of food and to eat the same food every day mm, yeah. <laughs> and um but like this uh obviously you have a certain control of your portion size and what you eat and then the only thing you need is a little bit of discipline not to eat something tempting, mm. you know, some cakes or something else, what you may find well, ev everywhere nearly nowadays. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I do find, you know, there are enough places where to get uh, vegan junk food and, <laughs> and uh, cakes and all that. Um, so with the food, I actually kind of liked it because it was something new for me. Mm -hmm. And um, the response I got from colleagues and from people in general to bring my own food every day and 
I think people were quite amazed by this also. Yeah. So Be I got positive feedback, you know. Yeah, because you, you work right in a company that provides food all yes. day long. So it's kind of weird in that culture <laughs> to bring your own stuff, right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And um, there was one requirement which um, was quite hard for me, or I thought it would be hard, which is to stop drinking coffee. So he, my coach said, okay, uh, if you really want to do this, then we have to watch your sleep and how good you're resting because the recovery of your body and of your muscles is when you're sleeping. Yeah. So minimum eight hours, nine hours a night of sleep and no caffeine. So we started to cut, cut out the coffee and um, I'm still doing it now actually. So I have a positive story to this. Uh, I drink maybe one or two cups a week. So weekends, you know, yeah. yes. But otherwise, during the week, I don't drink any coffee. And I can add to this that I was um, a passionate coffee drinker. You were? Like, yes, yeah. three, four coffees a day. Um, and to be honest with you, what I have noticed of not drinking coffee anymore is my anxiety has, uh, I'm not saying completely disappeared, but I think I'm so much more chilled out. Mm. <laughs> I don't get so much stressed anymore. And this is, I, for me personally, I think it definitely was um, the coffee. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, I can concur with that. <coughs> Back in 2015, I experimented with uh, polyphasic sleep, which is basically a fancy way to say siesta. Okay. So <laughs> in. I needed more time, so instead of sleeping eight hours, I would sleep six hours during the night and half an hour during the day. So I would win an hour and a half. And it was working well, but in order to be more mm, performant and efficient in the afternoon, I would get coffee, um, one or two every day. And after a while, I, I felt my anxiety r rise and rise and rise to the point that I got a super bad like skin stuff, mm. you know, skin reaction. I have, it, I have it on the hands, actually. I get yeah. really tight, yeah. My skin changes strangely. Yeah. Yeah, I have S the same. And and that's, that's actually good that I had this stuff because that's what initially brought me to meditation. I was like, okay, I need to, I need to calm the fuck down <laughs> with this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, but uh, now, like four years later, I, I started again with the polyphasic sleep, but without the coffee mm -hmm. and so far so good. Great. So I can really concur that. And I noticed that, you know, you were talking about level drinking. Mm. I think that there is a, some level coughing as well, <laughs> yeah. you know. That you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I like not to drink coffee because I know where I'm at. I know if I'm tired, I know if I'm stressed, I know if I'm anxious. As of if I drink coffee, then I'm like, yeah, everything is cool. It's a bit cloudy, no? But yeah, 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 and, yeah, and yeah. I don't know how far or how down I will fall once the effect disappear. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I have a similar experience with you uh, with coffee. Okay, great. <laughs> For me, it's really, um, it was a great change. Even though I yeah. do love coffee, I still love it. And I do enjoy it, but it's really just for the for the taste to yes. enjoy it, you know, once, twice a week. It's absolutely fine. Um, Generally, I must say, I think I have very good sleep and I did have quite a good sleep before also. So I wouldn't say it improved so much, but um, during the preparation time for competition, it was normal for me to go to sleep between 9 and 9.30 in the evening. 
um, because also, as you know, I have two dogs, so yeah. they, I do spend some time in the morning with them, walking and everything. So uh, it was really normal for me to get up at 5.30. Mm-hmm. So just to, you know, start my day right and don't stress, have enough time for everybody like to get ready. Um, and um, yeah, so during the preparation, I felt that I changed a lot and I changed in the sense of like sacrificing a bit, you know, of my of my day that you have to go to bed sooner and uh, that you can't really eat what you want. And but the performance, like the physical performance increased um, so rapidly that the feeling of success you get from that, like achievement, you feel it's absolutely worth it yeah. or for me it is. And it still is actually mm. that I feel now uh, I just had one of my, my heavy uh, lifting sessions yesterday with my coach and every time I, it gives me just such an incredible feeling of joy and how physically tired you feel afterwards yeah. and you feel and you you see it and you feel so much stronger and it's only been nine months mm. Mm. in total if we look at it yeah. and I have uh, really improved a lot. Um, but if we go back to the... Um, to the competitions. So in May, uh, beginning of May, I had a, a Czech national championship. You do have to have at least one competition in order to qualify for European championships. And that was my goal to do that this year. Um, so I competed, I won. I mean, for me, I done exactly what I thought I would do. I was not even nervous, you know, being on a Let's say, uh, well, it's kind of a school gym, I would say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the competition take place because it's still amateur league. But still, there are people watching, you know, there's lots of music, nice atmosphere. But you, you may need to respect the rhythm, right? Okay, it's your turn. You go now. Of course, there is yeah. a little you, have, you have rules. You yeah. have, of course, you have three people who will judge if the lift was good or not. So um, even if you lift to the end, there may be things that uh, you can mess it up. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I actually have seen a lot of people, especially at the European Championship, who failed um, all of their lifts because of, you know, little s- strange movements, you know, that it was not a smooth lift or that they uh, went maybe a little bit down and then lifted back up yeah. and things like this. So there's straight, like really strict rules you have to follow. It seems easy, you know, you just deadlift and you, you just lift some weights off the floor. Mm. But uh, yeah, there are actually I some rules. I remember you, you showed me one of your lifts, which wasn't accepted because it was It, the the bar wasn't being raised like completely yeah. parallel to the ground, but I couldn't see it on the video. You know, you were you were like, yeah, here here, it's it's not parallel to the ground. I was like, where where? Yeah. And so it, there are some really strict rules in exactly. the way you need to lift. lift. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly. So this was the the third attempt actually at the Czech Championship, which was not um, counted and. I was quite upset. I even cried. <laughs> so I was like, my, all the guys I was training with, my coach, they were like, you know, hugging me. I was like, come on, it's not so bad. But for me, because I lifted and it was, you know, if you think about it, I felt like four or five months of really hard work. And uh, anyhow, I lifted my, my 100 kilo. That was the second attempt in the deadlifts. And for me, actually, that was the original goal I had for that day. So I did lift what I planned. Yeah. And it was still enough, yeah. you know, to to win this uh, with it because I had very light body weight. So 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for people who are listening to that and who don't know what Ella looks like, she's not like, you know, uh, she's not bigger than me or whatever. You know, she's a <laughs> normal looking uh, lady and uh, she she lives more than me uh, if we compare to the to yeah. the weight, to yeah. the body yeah. weight yeah. by yeah. far. And um, and so at, during this, this uh, so you are the Czech national champion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And then, so after five months of practice, yes, and then you move, you moved on to the European, exactly, which yeah. was just about six weeks later. Yeah. So there was obviously no time for break because, like, normal preparation time would be three months. But since I started like from nothing, well, I was going to the gym before, but I didn't didn't do powerlifting before yeah. so if you start from nothing obviously it makes sense you know to to do a bit more training so i went straight into this so that meant uh, the european championship was end of june so i had a full six months of preparation so strict eating strict sleeping but the championship it was in germany so actually my girlfriend came with me and my parents came also and for me it was it was really great to have them there as support because I think it was the very first time I, I had this kind of event or like an achievement and my parents were also very excited um, even though they don't relate in any way to the sport yeah. whatsoever but um, they really liked the atmosphere and uh, because it's quite exciting you know um, especially when you know people who are there lifting. Of course. But yeah. of course, many people are coaches or family members, but it was a much bigger event. And for me to be in Germany, um, generally the people were super nice and it was a great event. And um, my performance was uh, even better than I expected it to be. Of course, we have a plan always in mind what you would like to lift. You have three attempts. And... Um, I lifted exactly everything I wanted to. And you're, you became a European champion. Yes. So explain me, why is that that you set a world record, but you're not world champion? How does it work? Maybe Because it wasn't a world championship. There ah, is a world championship okay. this month. So if I would go there and win, then I would be the world champion okay. in my category and weight class. I mean, you have so many different weight uh, classes and age class. So, you yeah. know, for my category, I could have been, if I would have decided to compete, I could have even been world champion. So why, why didn't you go? Because um, is, is I it, was... Is it far away or...? Um, actually, it was in Slovakia, I think, or it's going to be. Okay. I think it's next week, yeah. Okay. I decided not to because um, it was too much for my body. Okay. After the European Championship, I got very sick. Because it's not, not to forget, um, I think the body is not built for this. And you are not, like, it's really affecting always my immunity when yeah. I have really heavy uh, lifting session. And I mean, on that day of the European Championship, I lifted like four times over 100 kilo, you know. Mm -hmm. So I finished like with 108.5. But um, just imagine this yeah. for somebody who weighs less yeah. than 60 kilo yeah, body yeah, weight, yeah. you know. So the body is not made for it and it really uh, takes and drains your energy. Yeah. Of course, it feels great. And I think everybody knows the feeling how, how you feel like when you had a real hard workout. But the truth is that our immune system really shuts down for a few hours. Mm. So you are really 
vulnerable for for everything you know to actually get sick so i did and it happened quite often to be honest uh during my preparation time when i had the heavy sessions that uh, i got sick afterwards and i'm usually a person who is not sick at all maybe like once a year (laughs) or so yeah so it always it was a clear sign for me to take a break and um i'm very happy that i did and I wanted, you know, I wanted to go on vacation and I just wanted to eat cakes and, <laughs> you know, do whatever yeah. and stay up late and only sleep five hours. Or, you know, I just wanted to uh, let go of all the, the rules I had given myself for like six months. And I did for two months in the summer. I had a really great time. I actually went on vacation twice. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had a really good summer. But then... After two months or so, I really, uh, I missed it. You missed it. I yeah. missed it so much. So yeah. now I'm I'm not back in preparation yet because I think first competition is only in spring. But um, I do bring my own food. So I do meal prep. Um, I do try to sleep as much as possible. Coffee, you know, is still the same. So I'm, of course, I do allow myself uh, certain treats and I do, uh, you know, have cakes and, and this kind of things every now and then. But I do try to to be conscious, you yeah, know, about yeah. what I what I eat and consume. I think that's a wise choice to that was a wise choice to take a break because your body talked to you and, you know, yeah. showed you that there is a certain limit and that you pushed it pretty far already. And so... I think that's a wise choice to take a break, you know, breathe and regenerate, recover, and then, you know, come back, come back stronger. So are you going to try the world championship next year? That's the plan. Yes. (laughs) It's going to be in Hungary, I believe, um, next year. But in order to um, compete there, I would, I think I have to kind of go the same journey. So national, European. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, which would mean I will be, in preparation most of the year because you know how they are uh, apart so it's going to be hard i think but um yeah i hope to have support also from from my girlfriend and from friends because you know it's something it affects your personal life also you know you go don't go out you don't go to the party because you you know and or out for the dinners or the breakfast or these kind of things so um yeah, but I'm very much looking forward to mm. it. I feel that I really want to do it. And somehow I have the feeling, I don't know if you know how it feels like when you think that it feels like it's the, the last chance you can do this. Even though I know I can continue this and I can do it in the future, but I have somehow inside of me, I feel like this year is going to be my year to do this. Why? Like, why, why would it be the last chance? Because of your age or what? Because you're, you're Not actually pretty young. Yeah, and it's quite... I think my age is actually really, really good yeah. for this. Because, but now I'm actually falling into a, an, an age class in powerlifting. So I'm the youngest of the group, which makes me kind of perfect for, ah, this, okay. for yeah, this year yeah. also. But I feel... Um, I'm not sure... I would like to continue or I think this would be a sport I would like to do for longer. But since I've seen that you know, that it did um, take quite some energy from me. And it's very, um, it was, I felt like it was consuming me a bit also, you know. So I think it's definitely something 
you're not gonna do for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I know a few powerlifters, also girls I've spoken to who have been doing it maybe for like, I don't know, eight or 10 years or so. Um, but I see that it's, yeah, it's so demanding, demanding, yeah. that was the word I was oh, looking I for, yeah. that I think it's maybe not something I would be doing or not at least not competing mm. uh, long term. But I feel now everything feels right. My mm. age feels right. My condition, how I feel right now. And I have like a build up a good base now this year to be a lot stronger, you know, to be better with food in general. You're not going to get there overnight, you know, yeah. or maybe in one or two years, I will feel even stronger and even better about it. But somehow I feel like now it's my real start. This was kind of a practice round this year. And now, you know, I'm I'm going all in. <laughs> uh, so finger crossed for you. Huh? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I just want to, you know, pause and, and reflect on your past and your journey. You told us like the big lines, of course, there are many more layers and, and mm -hmm. details and, and, and steps that you took, but from depression and substance abuse to a uh, European uh, champion in, you know, in what, in six years, five years? Like, no, less than that. When when did you stop? You said smoking, it was like... It was three years Three years, also. Yeah, three years. only three yeah, years, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think what's important to take away from from people who are listening that is that you build up to that. It's not, you, you didn't went from being depressed and, and drinking too much to that. You made a change, you proved to yourself that you were able to do change and then you did the next one and the next one and you build up on that like, like steps on the, on the la uh, ladder. And that's how we human work, that's small steps Well, actually, not so small in your <laughs> case, right? Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't need to be so as dramatic as you, right? As uh, the the step, you can, you know, quit drinking cola, for example, and then the the next thing you quit bread or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just going automatically on the path to losing <laughs> weight. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. <clears throat> But uh, building upon previous victory and and gaining this this self confidence and being okay with doubting yourself. Yeah. Because that's what you said. I think that was very interesting. You said you still doubt yourself. You still have self-doubt. Yeah. You're still like, yeah, I'm going to be able to do it. But you try anyway and you take this power, this from this mm, will to continue from your previous wins. Absolutely. And yeah. that, that thing that's, I mean, that's the way I work or I try to, to work with myself as well. And, uh, and I think that's a very efficient way to, to go, you know. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, there's one something I heard on a podcast the other day of some guys I, I follow. Um, they're having like a minimalistic lifestyle. And um, they say always, you only grow when you're uncomfortable, something like this. Mm. So it's really about, um, I think it's good to have the self doubt and to think, mm, do I really want to do this? I don't know. And I think I cannot and I will fail. I think it's fine to have these thoughts, but then exactly is the step to make yourself feel uncomfortable and do it mm. because eventually you will feel more comfortable about it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think um, I keep feeling it that from every decision I made, with which I was doubting a lot uh, or really which I was unsure about, 
it really brought uh, a lot of uh, happiness to to my life yeah. you know you're, you're i mean now is it fair to say that you're a really happy person yes yes very much i remember that during the last last year every time we were at, um, no more than the last year every conversation we had the last two or three years I can remember you telling me that you are feeling happy and that you, you've never felt so happy in your life. And that I feel like every time we talked, it was like you have reached getting more, yeah, yeah. Get, getting yes. happier <laughs> and happier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I remember uh, when there were the times I didn't feel so so good about myself that the only thing I really wanted in life was happiness. I think I was fairly like I didn't want to be very successful or like to do you know something big in life maybe you know I think there are people who have really like um, they want to have a good career or you know a certain income or have like kind of big dreams and for me it was just like no I, I just want to be uh, comfortable with myself be happy and really accept myself the way I am mm. and because I think I was I felt often I'm really fighting with myself you know so um Yeah, I'm I'm very very happy that I managed to to achieve this comfort and happiness. But to be honest, I'm still working on it. Of course. Yeah, it's not it's really uh, not finished because I do still every now and then have very low self-esteem. <laughs> yeah, these days I do have them. Yes. And or I say things to to people which are hurtful, you know, and then I regret and I, I don't feel good about myself and that I feel, you know, I think if we treat others not well, it's usually because we have a problem with ourselves. And I, I realize this with, with myself quite often that this is still something I, I would like to be working on. And But it also works the other way around, you know. If you're very happy, you can just spread this happiness uh, to, to everyone else around yeah. you, you yeah. know, which is really great. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome Elan. it's uh, i'm so glad so glad that we have this conversation because we we took some time to talk in the past you know but i, I don't think we went into the whole story in, yeah. in one block like we did and that it shows how beautiful it is and how inspiring it is and i'm really glad that you're that you're here to share it with us thank you no i'm really happy that you gave me the the possibility to do so because as i mentioned earlier i really i do like to listen to podcasts yeah. and there were quite a few people which inspired me and i was like wow I, i really wish i could tell my story to somebody i mean of course i do i i do share a bit on on social media i do share obviously with friends and maybe also with some colleagues or so on so i think There are people who know a little bit of the story, yeah. especially people who know me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can see also physically see a change, <laughs> you know. It's like, oh, she looks different. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it's really nice that I have the possibility to, to go a bit more into detail and also um, to remind myself how far I have come. Yeah, You know, this is really something we shall not forget that... Um, especially on the days we don't feel so good on the bad days and we think oh damn i i didn't do anything i'm useless or yeah. you know i haven't achieved anything it's not true and i think that's why it's um so important to be to be proud of the things we already did yes yes and build upon it yeah look back from time to time and remember oh yeah i actually did that mm. you know i was mm. having uh alcha on the podcast last episode 
And yeah. she, she mentioned in passing, yeah, and uh, so then I wrote a book and blah, blah. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. you wrote a book? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I remember this part. Yeah, great. That, I agree. Like, we do stuff. We do amazing stuff. Like all of us. I mean, I mean, it doesn't need to be a world championship, uh, European championship or a book or whatever. We do amazing things all the time. And then we just discard them. Uh, not important. Yeah. And then we we can go back to our you know low self-esteem or whatever other self-talk that we have. It's yeah. important to look back and, and appreciate what we did and what we bring to the world because everybody brings positive to the world. Absolutely. I believe. <laughs> um, so I have, I have questions, three questions I like to ask my, my guests here in, uh, on this podcast. But before, I would like to talk a little bit about spirituality. Okay. Because you and I used to meditate together. For, mm -hmm. for, I for <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Uh, do you have any form of uh, spiritual practice at the moment? Um, I think I don't. Um, I did like the meditation sessions we did, yes. In the end, it was for me something I, I felt a little bit like I was not in, in the place yet to take the time for it and to really calm down and to use it really, mm, yeah, that it's actually really useful for me so um because i feel that i my life is fairly busy with other things you know so i think it wasn't simply on my priority list even though i liked it but i think what comes closest to meditation or similar for me is uh, walking my dogs mm -hmm. because this is uh, actually what i spend most of my time with possibly yeah. <laughs> when i'm not working when i'm not in the gym i'm with my dogs mainly so um this is something yeah i just love it and yeah i think everyone knows the feeling when they walk for maybe 20 30 minutes or longer <coughs> that you forget or that you don't think anymore yeah, yeah. and it's just empty and I like this very much of course I also like to sometimes process things you know something I've been thinking about maybe something what had bothered me I can just maybe go over and over in my head but uh, sometimes a walk will just help me to to process it and to get over it also yeah. So I would say this is maybe walking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there's a book that's coming up soon from one of my uh, favorite author, uh, Ryan Holiday, which is called uh, Stillness is the Key. It's coming up like any day now. And um, as a preview, he sent like a list of 28 steps that one can take to find stillness. And one of them is the walk. Yeah. You know, walking and, and let your mind wonder let it disappear let it evolve let it do what it wants and so so that's definitely a, a of some some sort of meditative practice as well especially if i go alone of course sometimes i have company yeah, 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 yeah. of course i have like really <coughs> uh, arranged walks even with friends who have dogs as well but i do enjoy that also but i for me it's really my me time obviously my dogs are there but luckily they can't talk <laughs> yeah. so yeah for me it's really time for myself to um yeah to relax and just be with myself. What do you think about during uh, lifting when you lift? <laughs> uh, or and even more <laughs> it's specific. It's a very interesting question. Yeah. Even <laughs> even more specifically, uh, and it, maybe it's another answer to the first question. Mm. What did you think about during the championships? So maybe start with your practice and what you usually think about. In a practice, I really think 
focus. Yeah. Because of injury. Oh. Because I'm not saying that I'm focusing on injury, but I am like, when I get nervous, I do get nervous sometimes, even in my normal practice, because when I know, oh damn, this is going to be very heavy. Yeah. So I try to calm down, get my proper position. So I know if I have my proper technique in the position, I will be not, it's not so likely to get injured. Um, and before I start lifting, I really just, try to imagine how I'm actually going to lift it, you know. So, so you're visualizing. I'm visualizing yeah. it. And um, yeah, so I just try to, to stay 100% focused. And I often feel that my head is kind of empty. There's nobody else in it, you know. There's no thought of anybody or anything, not even my coach who sits next to me. It's literally as soon as I have like reached this um, final position before I have some breathing technique and then I lift it's just something like there's nothing and what I noticed what amazed me so much at the competitions there was also no sound even though there oh, was wow. loud music and everything and I remember lifting like picking up two shopping bags you know like it was nothing because I was so much uh, into this yeah. movement yeah. you know and that I let give myself 100% focus and I must say it's something I have never experienced before yeah, with yeah. myself to be you know so into in this situation right now you know in the moment yeah this this I would call a spiritual moment because like you become one with you become one with the moment and with what you're currently doing and everything else disappears even the sounds mm. wow it was crazy for me it's really. yeah it's But in a in an awesome way, yeah, like yeah, I no, felt no, I bet, completely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think this is something why I want to compete. It's actually nothing to do with to say, oh, I have a trophy on my desk, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's nice and it's an achievement, and uh, of course I like to talk about it. But generally, um, it's moment, really, yeah, yeah, it's the moment, yeah. and also of course like. It pays you. It pays off for the feeling you have afterwards. It pays for all the hard work you did before. Because whoever does, whoever's competing in something, if you think about how much training and effort and energy lays behind this one moment, especially in in weightlifting or powerlifting, it's just a few seconds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And maybe even in bodybuilding, it's similar. You know, the people have maybe four or five minutes on a stage for preparation of, of you know, it's a, a really life. long yeah, time, yeah, you yeah. know. So um, it's, um, yeah, I think that's what, why I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> that's super interesting. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you. Um, oh, it, puts me, it puts me in such a good mood to talk about this and see how, how everything, you know, connects, you know. Mm. Yeah. Bringing to this state of, you know, emptiness which the Buddhist cannot stop talking about and you know, find the <laughs> emptiness and then you, you find it through, you know, lifting weights. I think that's just beautiful. And I didn't even realize, or I, you yeah. know, I didn't see it as something spiritual yeah. at all. Oh, I mean, that's just, that's just a word, you know. It's yeah. The important is the experience that you're having. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're reaching the end. Okay. Uh, so I have, if you still have time. Sure. Yeah. Of course. So I have the last three... Uh, three questions uh, that I ask every time. Uh, what have you changed your mind about recently? Recently? 
Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is one very, um, very recent event, uh, like last weekend recently, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> where I would say something may has changed for me or I changed my mind about, um, which is maybe quite big news <laughs> and very personal also, but um, about uh, f having a family topic. Already? I think, I'm not sure if we have discussed it in the past, but I think over the last few years, I was very, very um, so caught up with myself and that sometimes even I felt really selfish because I was only working on me and my development that I kind of blocked out everything around me and there was one thing I, I said that I don't want to have children. Yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me that several times over yeah, the years. Because I felt not capable, you know, of taking care of somebody. And um, I just, yeah, said for me, okay, I would, you know, I it was just no option. But um, recently I have thought about it a lot more, which I believe has also something to do that I feel like I found really the, the right partner for me. That's important. Yeah. I, I guess this has, you know, a, a big part of it. Um, so at least it's something we have discussed. Um, it goes more into the direction of adoption in our case, because biologically it will be quite hard yeah. <laughs> for, for two women to have a child. But there, there are some ways now, I, I think, but I, I, I didn't, believe, I didn't yeah. follow, I mean. I know friends who actually did it, yeah. uh, but... Uh, yeah, I think there are, you know, so many children out there who would actually like to have or, you know, need a need a home and need parents. So it's at least something we openly talk about now wow, yeah. and which I think is a lot uh, further than I have been <laughs> a few years ago. I would have just said, no, I, I don't have mm. I cannot be open for this right now or I cannot really talk about it. So um, this is definitely something I, I have <laughs> changed my mind about. <laughs> That's uh, pretty <laughs> fucking big news. But so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm not going to say congratulations, no. right? but I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting that you make this, this shift because yeah, I remember you telling me several times, no, I'm not going to have children. I'm not going to yeah, have children. Yeah. So at least I would say from a definite no, it went to a maybe yeah. and to open conversations, yeah, yeah, yeah. which um, I think is a big step. Yeah. Cool. Great. <laughs> yeah. uh, which which advice would you give to your younger self? And at what age would you give this advice? Okay. Um, I think it would be maybe age 17 or 18. Uh, and it would be something like that you can't find happiness in things or substances or people even because I think back to that time I was so desperately searching for happiness in all the wrong places you know if it was people you know trying to have a relationship and thinking okay now I'm in a relationship so the person will make me happy but that's not the truth I think the truth is that people can add a lot of value and happiness to our life but the 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 foundation uh, with that you are happy with yourself needs to be there yeah. in order, you know, to have a proper relationship and to actually be happy together. And I didn't see it like this. Mm. I always thought, okay, if I buy myself certain things, it gives me some happiness. You know, if you have some drinks, if you do little drugs, and if we have this boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, it was just really always searching for happiness in something. And... Um, 
I, yeah, sometimes I wish I would have maybe found out a little bit sooner <laughs> that um, it, it's not uh, it's not that way. But yeah, um, yeah so I well think this you found it in the end. So yeah. I mean, not in the end, in the <laughs> beginning. Right? You found it <laughs> yeah, now. You I know? found so it now. That's yeah. what matters. That's what that's what matters. Yeah. And the last question: um, What is life for you, Eva? Okay, what is life? F I guess, especially because I was on my own path for the last few years, I would say it's a journey. It's a journey of constant development because I feel like I'm work in progress, you know, and it's just ongoing, ongoing. And sometimes we, the, the journey, there's like a pause or a break and we stop and we get stuck and we, we think, oh no, I'm, I'm not gonna get out from this and until we change something and the journey moves on, you mm. know? Mm. So yeah, it's a, I would say it's a journey. And it's a nice journey. <laughs> For <laughs> sure, yeah. With us it's up and downs, right? But yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's like part of it, yeah. for sure. Great. Um, where can people find more about you are you on your you mentioned you're on social media I right do, yes i do have uh, an instagram account um i did start off being quite active on it but it's so and so but uh, i have instagram it's uh lifting dot ella okay but yeah we can we'll put it in yeah, the show put notes, it in the show notes. Yeah. um but i did also consider uh maybe writing a blog or Uh, because I really would like to, to share more. And I think there are so many people out there who uh, have similar journeys, even if, you know, if it's different kind of struggles. But I think um, we can help each other, you know, by, by sharing. And uh, it was uh, something I considered. Right now, I don't, um, I feel like I'm in a, in a certain part of my life where I don't feel like I have the... Um, the time to dedicate right yeah, now to yeah. it but it's something i keep in mind okay yeah okay. so one once this blog is up we can always go back to the notes and add it or do a new interview and see yeah. and see where <laughs> see how it's going yeah, how it's going yeah, yeah. yeah okay uh is there something that you you feel like we left out of the conversation that you wanted to to share with our listeners um there was maybe one thing i just mentioned a little bit about um consuming things okay. and it was well in this case back in our conversation it was about veganism but i think also one other kind of big change i did um over the last years was to live a more minimalistic lifestyle yeah. in terms of clothes and belongings and exactly yeah. so but yeah this can really apply to anything of course for me it was in the beginning mainly about yeah clothing or like my belongings i I kind of nearly overnight uh, got rid of like 70% of what I owned mm. <laughs> because I was I felt like I'm I'm it's just too heavy, you know. I need to let go of it. Yeah. And it felt very good and I think it also opened um doors to even be a bit more minimalistic in even different parts of your life, meaning with people, for example, that um of course it's nice to to have friends and to to have people Um, you spend your time with but I think sometimes also there are maybe people in our lives which are not so good for us 
or maybe we are even not so good for them. And I feel that we can, we need to learn how to let go. So mm. not just of things, but maybe even people or relationships or even work, you mm. know, that uh, if it takes over too much, if, if it's consuming us too much, then it's, you know, time to, to let go. And I have uh, maybe just one thing I would recommend or, um, is the podcast I'm listening to oh quite yeah, regularly. Yeah, please, please share um, it. It's two guys. They have also a blog. It's called uh, theminimalists.com. Okay. They have a documentary and a podcast and a blog. So they're, they're quite active. Like this is their main thing they do. Um, and it's great. They have been very um, inspirational for me over the last years. And um, I think they can help a lot of people okay. just decluttering a little bit. <laughs> decluttering life from the closets to the friends to the list, mind to yeah, the mind. Yeah. yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely um do you have any parting message that you want to share with the listeners mm, yes maybe one thing i already mentioned earlier which would be to uh, not be ashamed of who you are and of your flaws even if you know you know it's maybe You're maybe not doing the right things, but uh, don't hide it. If you're open about it, I think you can really open a lot of doors with that and change it. Thank you, Ella, from being <laughs> for being <laughs> with us today. Um, a lot of inspirational stories uh, in this episode. I'm really glad that you that you accepted one more time. And um, good luck with good luck with the world championship next year and thank with you. all your projects. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a, yeah, it was real joy, and I enjoyed it very much. Okay, great. High five. <laughs> If you want more of the Peaceful Creativity podcast, go to peacefulcreativity.com slash join the tribe. You will get the episodes before anybody else, the free easy tools for immediate inner peace ebook, the fun favorite and uncensored sound filter Sunday, and much more. You also get the satisfaction of supporting independent podcasting and help keeping the project alive. All of this for free. So go to peacefulcreativity.com slash join the tribe. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and as always, peace.